Hey, what's up, Korekano Squad? Welcome back to the podcast. On this episode, we talk to the Doth, who is best known for passing the JLPT N1 in 500 days. As of now, he's studying aerospace engineering in Japan, and in the podcast, we'll get into his methodology for studying Japanese, how his school life is, and what his goals are for the future. As always, if you want to support us and see bonus clips, check out our Patreon, and you can also check out our YouTube channel for the video version of our podcast. But as always, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Podcast. All right, Doth, can you give us a quick background of who you are and where you're at today? Uh, sure. So, hi, guys. Uh, very nice to be on here. Very happy to see you guys. I am Doth, or normally known as The Doth. Uh, currently, I'm in Japan. I'm studying aerospace engineering at Tokyo University.、Uh, and I have been studying Japanese for quite a while, about two years, I would say. I think my biggest achievements have been、uh, passing N1 and also very recently passing Kanken,、uh, Jun Niki and Niki.、Uh, so, yeah,、uh, really happy to talk with you guys and hope we can get a, you know, a lot of cool conversation. Oh, yeah. We'd love to. Love to have the Doth on the Korekara podcast here today. And I guess speaking about getting started, I mean, rewinding all the way back to the beginning, what actually got you into learning Japanese? Wow. So, from the very beginning, right, I never really thought about studying Japanese. The only reason I wanted to do that, because I was going to, you know, study abroad in Japan. And so I thought that I might as well study the language, get to know people here, right?、Uh, and I did have. Uh, interest in like otaku culture, right? Anime, manga, light novels.、Uh, but to be honest, because I always used English subs, I never really thought about like the actual function of studying Japanese. But then when I actually came to Japan, I thought that wow, learning Japanese is so useful in like actually daily life, in your career, and especially when it comes to otaku culture.、Uh, because actually re watching my favorite anime in Japanese made me. Have a new appreciation. You know, learning about things that are just untranslatable, learning about things that are just a, a core part of like the Japanese culture or the anime culture, otaku culture. So, yeah, I mean, it all started kind of based on necessity, but after that, it became a hobby, a pure hobby that, you know,、uh, drove me towards, you know, studying until now.、Mm. And I guess like you passed the、um, like JLPTN1 and Juniku, and you said you've been studying for. Uh, quite a while, like two years, but actually, like two years is actually not that long. So, do you actually feel like you're really comfortable with Japanese at this point? So, I would say I'm comfortable at like reading, listening in general, right? I can talk on a conversational level, like with friends, with colleagues,、uh, and like during meetings, because I have like a few student organizations I'm joining. But I wouldn't say I'm comfortable professionally, like, because I haven't taken like an actual job. I've done some like small internships with Japanese,、uh, but it's nothing really major, I would say. So, yeah, I still think I have a long ways to go. But considering the two years I have been studying, I feel I'm at a pretty good spot. I would right.、Say. And I guess what were maybe some of the first steps you took in sort of tackling learning Japanese? Because you mentioned, oh, you're about to go and study abroad in Japan. But I guess this always comes down to there's like a million resources out there and there's a million things you can potentially do, right? So, what was kind of your first steps before, I guess, kind of solidifying your own method? 
Ah, uh, true. So I did outline a few things I did in my Reddit post. If you guys have seen that before, uh, but one thing I did was first to learn the basic grammar to like understand uh, what makes up Japanese grammar. Uh, so uh, I had like a private tutor, kind of like a small class of like two people, where I would study for two weeks, and those two weeks were like hiragana, katakana, and like nihongo no mori, or I mean mina no nihongo. You know that very standard book.、Uh, I know that you can cram like hiragana and katakana, so I asked to skip that and to go to straight to an outline, like a full、uh, kind of big overview of all Japanese grammar that I should kind of know.、Uh, so, like the the very basic grammar to the like the passive forms, the active forms, like the shieki ukemi,、uh, and also. The the forms、uh, that would help me to learn reading, so like the the tai forms, the te forms, and in general like that, and so just being exposed to that helped me to kind of internalize that running on as I started to read. But in the very beginning,、uh, I was still a kind of textbook person because I never really knew about immersion. Right,、uh, I only knew that there was like a lot of good textbooks like、uh, Minami Hongo and Genki and Shinkansen, for example,、uh, but I didn't want to study from there because when I did try to study that in class, I felt it was really boring. Right? It was just some topics, maybe some stories, but I wanted to learn from the things I like, which was you know anime, light novels, and so when I did come to Japan afterwards,、uh, I went straight into trying to find good resources. Right?、Uh, but when I did try and read my first light novel,、uh, I got BTFO'd because I I didn't understand kanji at all. Right? And so I thought to myself, okay, I got to learn kanji first. And so I took upon、uh, me to study,、uh, you know, kanji like individually using an app called Kanji Study. I think the problem with that is that you don't really know words, right? You only know like the kanji and it has like an English keyword to it. And the problem is, is when you come to reading and you don't know the words, you can't read, you can't understand. And also, you read in a sentence, right? Not like word per word.、Uh, And so, because of that, I was struggling for a while. Like I would see like kanjis on like billboards. I would see like kanji on like my books, but I wouldn't really understand them. To be honest, I would like kind of get the meaning, but that also didn't help with my active vocabulary at all. And so I thought to myself, okay, I got to output a bit. And so that you know comes into the story of the obasan and the obachan kind of circle I have.、Uh, I I am very indebted to them. Uh, to be able to you know get into speaking Japanese a bit,、uh, because the really good thing about them is they they follow your speed. So like when I was really bad at Japanese at the beginning, we'd use very simple Japanese, you know, just like introductory stuff, very slow.、Uh, and as I got better, they would like follow with my pace, and then eventually we'd kind of talk more normally.、Uh, but the problem with that is it's very slow, and that's why. I think like this is a general consensus in the Japanese learning community: do not output early unless you have to.、Uh, so yeah, I speed run the basics. So hiragana, katakana, grammar points in general,、uh, very basic vocab. At the time, I didn't know Anki, and I think Anki is just you know a god save. I, I believe it's really good、uh, because there's like the codex, right? Like the three k codex, two point three k codex. I think Reefold has a codex too. And so it's just like the main common vocab, and so if you know these, you can get straight into reading. And just from the kanji count, I think it's like a thousand or something for like the two K 
core. And that's like, what, N3, N2 uh, level, right? Uh, and so just normal textbook study and then just going through Anki is so much different because once you actually get into reading, you can internalize the words so much better. You learn to read them. You learn to understand them. And, you know, when you get into output, you can actually start having better active recall, active memory. So how long after you uh, started studying Japanese did you start using Anki to learn? Uh, six months, I think. So like the first six months was like, literal immersion in the sense i would just talk with obasans i would just join you know events and stuff but the first this, six months of being in japan yes in like being in japan also that, studying japanese so yeah for like two weeks i think oh, yeah because okay. like i got my acceptance letter to talk i think it was july or something i only considered learning japanese around august so like at the mid of august or i think like after at the end of August, like beginning of September, I would like study for like two weeks. And then when I came to Japan, which was like the 20th, I actually started, you know, kind of learning Japanese to the fullest. So in total, yeah, I think my two years up till now is like two years. Unless you consider like me uh, watching anime with English subs as learning Japanese, which I don't really think so. Right. So I guess... Now, along your Japanese journey, you came across a certain Discord community, a very special one to you, called DJT. So I guess before we get into DJT, for context to anyone who doesn't know, could you explain what DJT is? Right. So DJT, as I know it, is a Discord server, which I have very mixed feelings about. I love them and also kind of hate them in some places. But it's uh, the acronym, I think, for Daily Japanese Thread which is actually a 4chan, I think, thread, kind of, you know, post board. Uh, and then it became a Discord server. And there's like actually a kind of original server. And like the DJT I go to is kind of like the second server because there was like some kind of breakup drama, which I didn't really follow with. Uh, but yeah, this DJT, the one I know, uh, is kind of, it's, it's a group of very good people at Japanese, especially reading. Uh, and I think the main consensus with DJT is you read more. Just read more and you get good, right? Don't really think about it. And like, I think this is very counterintuitive to people who are normally uh, learning from textbooks, right? Because like, uh, if you want to get into reading, you have to have like, uh, you have to know stuff, know words, uh, but then you'll struggle. But the thing is, you have to struggle to learn. You have to read to learn more. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, I, I think most of what I know about Japanese has actually come from DJT. And I've I've grown with the people with there, so. Very I nice. see. So I guess at what point during your Japanese journey did you actually join the Discord server? I think it was actually six months too. Like oh, okay. I started getting into Anki. Right. The thing is, I knew DJT from Anime Cards, which is uh, like a well type of card for Anki, right? And you take it from like anime or like visual novels, and it's very simple, but also very I think efficient. And so I got to know the Discord from that type of card, which you know I kind of just uh, found on the internet. And then after joining the server, uh, I I thought I was pretty good at Japanese, right? Because I was talking with the Obasans, right? I kind of knew kanji. I thought I knew kanji, uh, but when I actually joined the server and there was like uh, visual novel reading sessions, I would try and read, and I would stumble everywhere. Like I would barely be able to like read words normally. And, like, people would say, these are really simple words to do. These are, like, N4 words, N5 vocab, right? Uh, right? And that kind of pushed me, in a sense, pressured me to, you know, read more, do better. And because I had a few holidays, 
I would like really just like read like eight hours a day, ten hours a day if I could. So, right. So I guess in a way, this was the doth before the got added to doth. Right. When I was just doth, I was just <laughs> a guy, nobody. Right. So. Right. Right. Oh man, yeah. it's it's hard to even imagine that at this point now when we have D Doth on here. But I guess kind of going into it, so you you started out kind of as a new person on the server. So I guess what you mentioned the light novel reading session or and visual novel reading sessions. I guess what were some like helpful things that you kind of picked up right from the get go on DJT that kind of helped like you get set up for success. I think one thing is to look up everything, like to doubt yourself. You don't have to mine everything per se, but、uh, try and learn something new through reading、uh, relatively hard material. I would say, because the thing、right. is,、uh, people who haven't got into reading yet,、uh, they underestimate how hard things are, or sometimes they overestimate how hard things are, and they never start reading. Right?、Uh, right. If you're underestimating it. You still have to go through it because your first visual novel, your first light novel, will always be hard, right? But then, as you know, you add more titles to your finished list, it gets much more easier, right? Right.、Uh, that's that's why I started with like the very easy, one also one of my favorite visual novels, Nekopara, and then I went to Island, which is relatively harder than that, and then I kind of finished with Dies Irae、uh, before N One. I, I I don't really recommend that sudden jump to people. Uh, I would say like kind of have、uh, in between VNs because like in between them I also、mm. read a lot of light novels. So, so did you just focus only on light light novels for like that majority of time that you were focusing on reading?、Uh, I would say yes, visual novels and light novels. Like for me, visual novels were like my main mining、uh, place where I would just、right. mine new words, get new words, put them in tanki, and learn more. Light novels were more for like. Kind of relaxing. I would still try and look up, but I wouldn't like force myself to mine everything, because also I I felt that like mining from light novels was much harder, or like、right. I didn't have better retention as you know visual novels would. So, right. I'm curious, like what what was your like subjective experience of taking the the N one? Like、yeah. I know you got a really high score, but、um, oh yeah. Like I know, like if you if you just read a lot of light novels, you'll learn a lot of like light novel words. Or even words that are not common, like if you read like how to heat, for example. There's a lot of like words that they just find the thesaurus or something. Right, right. But if you take the N one, most of the excerpts are are from like、um, sankosho or essays or articles, which is like a very different type of of reading. I got to a point where like it got really easy to read the the novels I was interested in, but then it would be slightly more difficult when I looked at like some sort of like technical text and try to figure out what what the author was saying. Right. I think that's also. Uh, how you conform with the test itself,、uh, because I didn't go straight into N one without any practice, right? I had like、uh, three months before the test, I would kind of do like a practice session, like see how good I could do with the reading, right? See、uh, what the kind of questions were like, right? And so I think、uh, having a broad reading kind of、uh, source to have、uh, is also a good thing to do, because like I also read visual novels, right? But To read the visual novels, they would have like references to like culture stuff, blah blah blah. I would also、yeah. read the Wikipedia for that. I would also read like articles, and so like in the end, I think I I ended up having a more general vocab, although it's of course、I、you、see. know、uh, heavily towards visual novels and light novels, and also I don't know because like a lot of the words in N one, 
you can still find them in visual novels, to be honest. Or like you already know the kanji, and it's something that you can just feel out. It's just like a compound word with already known kanji, and it just comes to you naturally. So I thought the N one reading was pretty easy, to be honest. Yeah, I see. Did you encounter any unknown words on the N one? Even if they were kind of hard words, I I could read them and I kind of I knew them, but like. They would ha- they would be like chewy words, right? Where they'd have like the explanation at the bottom of the text, like this means right. what, right? And so, right. no, I don't think so. The the worst I f- I found was like a kind of essay essay text where they would talk about literature, and they would just shove in like really random words, hard words, right? But right. Mm-hmm. it did, it had nothing to do with the question itself, so you know. Pulse, so. so how many light novels have you read up to this point? Uh about 54, I think, like volumes of light novels, about 30 visual novels. So, I mean, more accurately, it's close to 2,000 hours of reading, I think. Wow. So, yeah. For N1, I think it was like 1,300 or something, or 200 or something when I took it. So, yeah, you can use that as a basis, I think, a reference. Do you feel like you've had to sacrifice a lot to learn Japanese? Um, I mean, I have gotten rid of a few hobbies to do that. But like Japanese is my hobby now. Like, in the sense that, like what hobbies? Like I, I used to play the piano a bit, play soccer. But I was never really good in them, right? And so I thought to myself, okay, might as well do something I like and I can get good at. And so I thought that Japanese was something that I would use for my life, throughout my life. So uh, mm. I might go back to doing a bit of that. Now that I think about it, like very recently, uh, I have been playing more games. I mean, in Japanese, but like not really like reading to learn, but just like having fun playing like FPSs and stuff. Right, right. Can't wait to see you become DDoth in those too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. But I guess like not so much like sacrificing school related stuff like mm, going I don't, to classes or hanging out with people. I mean, for classes. If it's a boring class, to be honest, I might do Anki during the class, right? right. Uh, but if it's finals week, uh, I will stop learning Japanese. I might, I might like at best do continue my Anki reviews, but I would switch from like reading ten hours a day to like studying, I don't know, maths or engineering for like ten hours a day. So, you know, I see. That's the life. So I, I guess then for maybe people who are new or maybe considering joining to increase their reading level, what would you kind of give to them as like maybe a starter pack? Like what should they kind of be prepared for to kind of be set up for success? I would say uh, find titles that you have an interest in and then look up how relatively hard they are. So if you guys don't know yet, there's a very good resource called GPDB, I think, .io. So it's essentially like a glossarium, I think, of like different visual novel titles, light novel titles, anime, blah, blah, blah. And it has the data for it. So like how long is it? How many characters is it? How many sentences it has? How many kanji it has? How many unique words it has? And the difficulty level, which is like community-based or community-proven. And so uh, I would say the best reading material is what you enjoy at first, right? If you want to take N1, then you can just uh, practice with the questions later on. But to get the base level, I think that you should uh, follow uh, the things that you enjoy. If you don't have anything you personally enjoy, you can ask for recommendations based on like the genres you like. Uh, or if you're looking for mining as fast as possible, like learning as fast as possible, then I guess you can uh, 
follow my route and just have relatively harder like leaps. But I guess kind of moving towards your life in Japan, I mean, that's another big part of, I guess, your Japanese in a way. Because I mean, to start out, that's why you started learning the Japanese. That's why you started learning the language, right? And now you've been here for two years. And I mean, that's a huge jump in terms of, I mean, coming from Indonesia, or I guess really any other country that's not Japan, right? And I guess, how has that adjustment been like for you? And I guess, what was also your maybe your reasoning for applying specifically to Japan for university? Okay, so first, for Japan itself, it has the most scholarships for undergrad, I would say. Because I applied to Japan and the UK, right? Uh, I took the SATs. Uh, and then I applied for both of them. But the problem with like the UK, Europe in general, and America, they don't really have, because like I'm from Indonesia, a third world country. If you don't have a scholarship, we can't apply there. Uh, Japan was pretty generous with their scholarships. And also because I have a few like alumni there, so I can ask them for questions with like studies and stuff. And I think the area of Toku itself is a very nice place to live. I think Sendai is like ranked in the top cities to live uh, in like Japan. And I do think it's a very nice city because like uh, it's, it's very green. It is kind of like a city city, but it's also kind of a inaka, right? Countryside kind of feeling. And so it's very in the middle, I would say. It's just like a very nice place to live at. Uh, for like culture shock, to be honest, I'm from an Asian country, but I thought that there was quite a few differences. Like I could never really understand uh, the individualism in Japan. Like, because in Indonesia, people are very friendly. You can talk to strangers pretty much any time, like at the bus or like at the station or when you go on the train and you just like, you know, talk to anybody you want. But in Japan, uh, one, that's rude. Two, that's very awkward here. And so I, fi- I find making new friends randomly is hard unless you join like, uh, I don't know, like cultural gatherings or like, uh, here they, they feel like gengo koryu, kind of like, exchange of like language culture blah blah then you can make friends i guess or like joining clubs and stuff also japan is very strict i would say like with the rules uh with all you know because like in japan things that are considered common knowledge common sense isn't really common sense i would say like everyone here the japanese know it but if you don't see it by yourself you don't ask them you won't know like for example when i was riding a bike like when I first got my motorcycle, I I literally just knew that you had to wear shoes. You can't wear sandals because it's against the law and you, you can get fined for like 30,000 yen or something. Oh, wow. That, that is crazy, right? Yeah. And the thing is, uh, when, I, when I took my license, when I got it, I didn't know about this. Like I would, I would kind of read a rule book for a test, but I didn't really think about it. And I only got to know it when uh, a policeman approached me and kind of warned me about the, the thing. And he would say, Kore And like, <laughs> what? Because <Right laughs> like, right. all the Japanese know it, but I don't. So, uh-huh. uh, Also, I can't use chopsticks. The, they're like the, the bane of my existence. <laughs> Wait, you don't use chopsticks in your home? Country? No. In Indonesia, we use our hands to eat. Oh, Unless it's nice. soup where we use like, you know, uh, I guess a spoon. So, right. yeah, it was very weird because when I tried to eat, like, ramen noodles, uh, my friends, uh, they would either laugh at me or they would be very concerned. Because, <laughs> like, 
You're so, Asian, so, right? Do people not eat ramen in Indonesia? Uh, no, uh, I mean we have like noodles, but we eat with like a fork, right, oh, or our hands oh. if right, we can. Right. Very traditional. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, chopsticks were a very foreign concept to me, and I still can't really use them now. So yeah, they're on my bucket list for learning Japanese. So I see. It's the yeah. uh, next part of becoming the dot in Japan, becoming the right. dot with chopsticks. Right. I guess earlier you were saying how it's hard to make friends unless you go to like Gengo Kodu. So, what's been your experience like going to those sort of koryukai or even joining like sakura? Uh, with like sakura and like bukatsu, uh, the the thing is, uh, I think if you want to learn Japanese better, I think it's better to find like one or two friends, very close friends, uh, who you can talk very intimately with. But if you want to have a better kind of worldview, like about Japan or have more relations in general, then you should join circles with very high number member counts. Or like sports where you can get uh, very close with the people there.、Uh, for like the gengo koryu, the problem with that is that the Japanese want to speak English, right? And you、right. want to speak Japanese, and so the conversations become very slow. Like <laughs> there's a topic which we can normally talk in like ten minutes with English, right?、Uh, right? Because they're exchanging languages, it can take up to two hours, probably.、Wow. Uh, and so I think it's really not efficient. But it does help with finding, you know, similarly enthusiastic people who want to learn language, and especially like、right. if you can、uh, introduce them to the immersion type of studying. So, whenever I went to like Koryukai in Japan, the Japanese people they would their English wouldn't be good enough to、right. have a conversation, so we would end up just speaking Japanese. <laughs> true, true. I mean, like、uh, the people who are good in English, they will talk English with foreigners. And talk Japanese, Japanese, but most people honestly don't really speak English very well. So I guess if you can find a purely Japanese circle without other foreigners, you will probably speak in Japanese. Like in my lab, the sensei, my professor, said you can speak with in English, right?、Uh, we will help you. And then like、uh, it's also good practice for the other people. And then I introduce myself in Japanese. And then everyone started speaking Japanese, and now we always speak in Japanese.、So. <laughs> Step one: introduce yourself in Japanese. Step two: immersion. <laughs> <laughs> right.、Uh, yeah, yeah. I see. And I, I guess kind of the experience of living in Japan is completely different when you are able to speak Japanese, right? So I guess conversely, how was living in Japan kind of before you became the doth? Ah,、uh, true. Like in the beginning, a lot of the work, like the paperwork, the stuff, like if you want to move,、uh, or like your electricity bill, getting like a, a SIM card, getting a credit card, they all need Japanese, right? Because、uh, I remember I could barely speak. I couldn't get a credit card, like because there was kind of a semi interview where like you would register and they would ask you in front, like, what do you want the credit card for? Please enter this in kanji, and like if you couldn't write like your address in kanji very nicely, very surasura, they would literally deny <laughs> your credit card. <laughs> yeah, and like a credit card is very important in Japan, right? I finally got it after I practiced a lot of address writing and a bit of speaking. Like a bit of you know, and so like I think speaking brings you a long way, because I remember when I first wanted to move in Japan, because like at, at first I was at dorm, but the school dorm is kind of expensive, and I wanted to live with my other friend, an Indonesian friend together.、Uh, I tried to find and look up places, right, 
And if you can read Japanese, you can find places online. You can find the cheapest and the best places. Like I got like a very nice Japanese-esque apartment kind of、uh, house.、Uh, and also when it comes to talking, negotiating about like the,、uh, the, the, the stuff in your, what do you call it? The contract, right? With the fudosan or like the agent,、uh, knowing Japanese comes a long way because you don't have to bring an interpreter. It doesn't make things longer. And the people will trust you more because I have seen quite a few foreigners get rejected when they applied,、uh, you know, to live or like to move because they were foreigners and because they couldn't speak Japanese, right? Also, using the gaijin card is really nice when you can speak Japanese. So, you know how I said before that、uh, common sense, a lot of common sense is known for Japanese people, but not for like foreigners. You can use that to your advantage, I think. I, I remember one time where I had a leak, a water leak in my toilet, I think, right? And, I, and at the time, I didn't really care about it. But suddenly, like two months later, my water bill would skyrocket, like, like blow up, right? And it was like six times, seven times the normal price, right? I would call the Suido Kyoku, like the water, I know, Asian, I guess,、uh, in Japanese. And I would ask them, can I get a reduction, right? Can I, you know, get this for free, kind of? And they said,、uh, it is possible, but we'll have to check first. And when they checked the leak, they said, oh no, this is visible. You can see water is draining from the you know, toilet, blah, blah, blah. And because it's visible by law, we cannot give you a reduction. And that's when you use the Gaijin card, right? And so I said, but I'm from a third world country. Haten Tojo Koku, Indonesia deru. And so, like, because I'm from a third world kind of Uh, emerging nation, I said that I didn't know about Japanese toilets manufactured in Japan. I only know Indonesian toilets, right? And I thought that this kind of automatic draining was a function, a feature, and that it wouldn't,、uh, you know, be a waste of water. And then they, ah, naruhodo ne. And then I got a reduction. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually paid、that. less than I normally would because、oh, of、wow. the Gaijin card. The, the classic Gaijin guard. Oh man, I mean,、yeah. the Gaijin's best friend, right? <laughs> right. I mean, sometimes it's good when you、uh, can speak Japanese, and、right. it's also good when you can fake that you can't speak Japanese. <laughs> right? Well, yeah. I mean, what was your probably your top experience in terms of you fake Japanese to improve your situation? I mean, I remember the NHK guy coming. I think everyone knows about the NHK guy. Where, like, he asked, Do you have a TV or not?、Uh, and if you do have a TV, you have to pay. Because apparently,、right. he has NHK for a contract. If you don't have a TV, you still have to pay. I don't know why, but you know.、Uh, and so he came. And then, as usual, I mean, my, my roommate can't really speak Japanese. And so I would ask him to do the introduction.、Right? <laughs> uh, uh-huh. And so he would go, Hi, Namai wa Nihongo Tabeme Seng. And、you're kind of like that, right? Right. And and then and then he would be confused, right? And then he would he would try and talk with me, and then I would I would try and do the same thing, right? Nihongo tabemasen, nani ga mondai desu ka, you know? <laughs> and then and then the thing is, right? You can actually、uh, you can play with them, right? You can mess around,、uh, and then when when they get really、uh, frustrated, they they'll just leave by themselves. So the classic misdirection technique. Right. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I mean, you can't be the doth without 
using t- things like that to your advantage, I mean, is all in the the, you know, or the the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and I guess um, part of your quest in, in terms of Japanese was you mentioned in the beginning that you went past the Konken. So I, I guess what was kind of your preparation for that and how did that go for you? Oh, yeah. One thing I want to recommend people, if you want to learn to write Japanese, like writing kanji, only practice writing what you already know, right? Or learning kind of new words with kanji you're familiar with. Because I did not practice writing at all until I finished N1. So I would only be able to write like my ad- address, my name in katakana, just for like paperwork. I couldn't write anything else. And I think it's much more efficient that way. Because if you were to learn like the words with the kanji whilst writing, it's just memory overload, right? It takes too much time. You can't get everything in your head. And it's just a waste. Because like writing itself takes so much time. I just realized this. Because I have like 300 hours of writing up until like an Nikyu. And like 200 of that is Anki. Just Ankiing. And even that, I think, is pretty fast because I'm using an optimized deck which is also the DJT Kanken deck. I highly recommend it if you guys want to, you know, practice writing. Uh, and then like 100 hours is like me practicing for the test, kind of like getting used to the questions. Uh, but yes, in general, after N1, uh, did I actually start writing? And I think that helped me a lot because like I'm used to reading, right? But like getting used to the stroke orders is something different. And I think once you know the very common radicals like the core most important ones i think they're like i know 80 or 100 of them you can write most kanji pretty easily because i think after i don't know level four kankin above they just add more radicals to already known kanji and they just make new kanji and so yeah that's it i think i see in terms of your preparation then you kind of just went into the kankin with that kind of knowledge already and then it went well Yes, it was really hard, to be honest. Like, Nikyu, level 2. Right. Uh, I think the reason why the pass rate is so low, even for Japanese, because, like, it's a test made for natives, right? right? And it's, like, 20 to 30% pass rate is because people underestimate it too much, right? The, the way you have to think about it is not getting points, but not losing points on the test. Because, like, the pa- I mean, I think the minimal score... The Kyudai 10 is like 80%. And I think that's really high for a test. Because like right. for N1, if you get 100 out of 180, you pass the test, which is, I don't know, like 60%, 50 mm-hmm. a bit. So yeah. Uh, I mean, even Juniku, the gap was really high, really big. Like uh, for Juniku pre-2, I thought it was pretty easy compared to like Niku. And that's also like looking at my own results. Because like for pre-2, I got 180 out of 200 and the minimal score was 140 right for Niku I got 167 out of 200 and the minimal score is normally 160 so it's very oh, giddy, wow. giddy right <laughs> yeah uh, but the thing is because the pass rate is so low even for natives they have to reduce the passing grade to 155 it, it has oh. been like that for like the last few years and I think it's because you know the pass rate is so low they feel sorry so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because, oh, like, I mean, like, I, I, I can read Nikyu Kanji. I can read, like, Jin Nikyu Kanji, and I have a lot of, like, Ikyu Kanji already in my right. Anki deck. But, like, 
it's so different when you have to write it. Like they give you katakana, and it's like a word you've never seen, but you have to like think logically what could the kanji be from like context. Especially because there's a lot of like same readings, different words, different kanji. I remember there was a, a question for uh, shochu. Can you guys think of like a word with this shochu? Um, there's two. Well, there's probably more, but like. Wait, so just like based on this hiragana, think yes. of kanji that can go with this. Yes, think of shochu, a word like like the alcohol. That's one. Yes, there's actually one in the question. There was another Not one. Sure what you no. <laughs> uh, the the other one was actually I think the question was, "Kono sekai wa, ware no shochu ni aru." And you can probably think from the context, right? What is like right. the meaning yeah. of that? Like it's it's in our hands, right? Right. In the palms of our hands, and it turns out the word was "sho" as in "tenohira." Or like shoshu, chu as in like right naka, and like uh, because when I was doing the the kanken right, I was running out of time to be honest. I had like two three questions I didn't know. That was one of them, and I thought for right. the longest time, and like one minute before like the test finished, I thought about that <laughs> shoshu, <laughs> the, like, the, te- the one in your hand, yeah, the the, the, the tenohira because like I didn't re- recall that the onyomi for that was sure. Because the thing is, right, it, it's, it's so simple, but because it's in katakana and you're given like a random sentence, it, does, it, yeah. it doesn't always come, you know, very naturally. Right. I think. So a lot of practice, I think, is needed to get that kind of yeah. guessing sense. Or you just have to know the words. So I guess, like, what are your current goals for, for the future? Like, right. Will take the, the highest level? Uh, I don't think so. I, I think Stevie wants to take Ikki, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. I mean... Nikyu is pretty hard, so good luck on that. Uh, I might take Jun Nikyu pre one uh, by the time I finish study, so like in four years of like studying Japanese. Uh, nice. It's not something urgent, to be honest, but I I might want it because like this there's this special club. I think it's like Shogai Ben Kanji Benkyo Club or something like that, right? Right. So like lifetime study of Kanji. So like if you pass uh, pre one or one, you can get entry into this. Super cool club of probably Japanese kanji nerds. I don't know. So, uh, but my real goals, I think, which are really important for me, is uh, learning pitch accent, outputting more, and learning chopsticks. The chopsticks chopsticks. Arc. Right. The chopsticks arc. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so for like pitch accent, the thing is, Wait, it's crazy how you've been in Japan so long and can't use chopsticks. No, I can't. I mean, like, I can, but in a very fumbly, awkward way. Like, not the way Japanese use it with, like, you know, the, the two... They, they use, like, their index finger to kind of, like, you know... Uh, but for me, it's like I use it like a red <laughs> fork. Kind of, like, scoop up things, but not really, like, hold them. I, yeah. I know, it, it's, it's my muscles. Uh, but anyway, yeah, for pitch accent, one thing I've noticed is that people... You don't really comment on me, even though I'm wrong, right? They think it's fine. Uh, I can uh, kind of, I'm like a foreigner with like kind of good Japanese, but kind of weird accent, weird like kucho. Uh, but I want to be able to listen to it, right? And I, and it's like an area I've never studied. So I have only things to gain, I think, right? 
very recently I've been trying to do there's like this thing called the pitch accent minimal pairs test. I do pretty horribly on that, but you know it's something new to well, learn. I've done that before. I I remember because like in the DJT server I made like a thread, and I changed my name to acquiring pitch day zero <laughs> day one blah 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 right. Right. Because, uh, like, people say my accent is fine, but, like, I should be able to listen so I can, you know, get rid of bad habits in the future. Uh, you mean, like, people in Japan say it's fine, or do you mean people in DJT? People in oh. Japan say it's fine. People in DJT say it's okay. But, like, people who can actually hear it say I do make mistakes. I make, like, oh. uh, I have bad habits, right? Right. So, yeah, I will try and tackle that. Uh, try to listen to pitch. The problem Brand. with pitch, pitch yeah, accent. yeah. Uh, the problem with pitch is I I can't see like a concrete goal. Like with reading or like Japanese in general, there's N one right. With kanji, there's kanken. With pitch, right. I mean, there's some I think like conversation tests. Uh, that you can take and get like certificates. They also test pitch, but I you I, can go to a, a hmm? like an announcer course. In Japan, yeah, and if you pass that, then we oh. get a perfect pitch accent. Yeah, yeah, that that is that is a cool idea. But like, the thing is, there's no like levels, right? That you can do like level one, two, three, right? It's just like you have perfect pitch, you have okay pitch, or you're really bad. It's, <laughs> it's like a very fuzzy gray area, right, in between that. And like, I can't tell right. if I'm like uh, middle, upper middle, or like lower middle, right? right. But I'm somewhere in that range. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, I will be doing that, practicing pitch more, practicing output more, and maybe doing some more, like, academic writing, because, like, I took a class recently, and although I do, you know, research in English, blah, 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 but if I can, like, join conferences in Japanese, submit stuff, I think that could be useful for my career. Yeah. Right. A lot of good goals to look forward here for DDOTH, but... I guess now kind of closing here, we like to have a little korekara message for the listeners here where we put our guest on the spot to say anything. I guess preferably this time maybe in, in Japanese where you can kind of give us a message to the listeners where you could really be anything, to be honest. It's what comes up in your mind right now. But Some people give like a yojijuku go. Oh, really? Some sort of interesting thing. Yeah. In uh, Japanese? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes。はい。いや。え、なんかちょっと思い えっと、天国の領域の管轄がものすごく幅広いであるので、えっと、慎重に行動を考えてやりたいことがあれば、いいことやってみてくださいっていうわけです。Hey guys, thanks for making it to the end of the podcast. Real quick, I want to shout out our patrons, Faraz, Brit vs. Japan, Quaid, Alan Card, KH90, Drew, Jack, Sad Boy, and Yui. 